The following message is from Grace on the Ashley Baptist Church, located in Charleston, South Carolina. For more information about Grace on the Ashley, visit graceontheashley.org. Prayer requests? I'll just go ahead and open the floor. Any, any prayer requests? Right, everyone's doing well. Families are doing all right. That's good. I mean, for the most part, that's, that's, that's good news. I mean, to consider the vastness of the of what we're living in as, as a country and everything that's going on around us, it's, it's good to know we're still, things are stable in our homes. So, all right, before I jump into prayer, just kind of just kind of set the stage for us. Our objectives tonight are to cover the Holy Spirit and who he is as a person. And then also we're going to look into the essential deity of the Holy Spirit. And then also we're going to look at the Trinity again, as we've... And we've kind of reviewed it with, you know, talking about God and his attributes and then talking about the work of Jesus and ultimately salvation. But then we'll get into the Trinity as how the Holy Spirit fits in. And then also the role of the Holy Spirit in the Christian's life. So we'll definitely look closer at scripture. And then our verse that we were, we were looking at this week was John 14. 16 which we see says i will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever so there's a lot of implications there because does anyone have the red letter uh red letter i mean so so i mean if, if the words that jesus speaks are in red letters that's him speaking and then he's talking about i will ask the father so we see the the trinity even though the trinity is not talked about in scripture by name the trinity uh here you see that laid out for you i will ask the father so jesus speaking of god the father and then he says i will he will give you a counselor thus you know talking to the disciples which is kind of interesting framework of the, the trinity so with that being said i'll jump into prayer and then we will get started and i trust you all have questions right <laughs> well we'll tackle them together all right, join me in prayer. Father God, thankful to be here this evening to discuss your word, to discuss the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're just thankful for this opportunity to dive into your word deeper, to encourage one another. We're just thankful for those here tonight. We just pray for those who weren't able to make it tonight. We just pray they're, they're doing well, whether it be illness or, or work that's keeping them busy. We're just thankful for them, Father. Uh, thank you for Chris. Uh, thank you for him recording these uh, hopeful, these, these encouraging aspects that we're able to discuss tonight and to pray there'll be an encouragement to others uh thank you for the work here at uh, the body of christ here at, the, at grace on the ashley we just continue to pray for our ministry as we continue to reach out in our community and uh, seek those who are lost and bring in um bring in those who need encouragement who need love and need restoring we're just thankful father once again for this opportunity in your name we pray amen all righty so so we're going to look at uh so kind of our plan for this evening we're going to look at the biblical ev evidences for the personhood of the holy spirit we're going to briefly look at the deity of the holy spirit and we're going to look at the doctrine of the trinity and we're also going to look at the ministry of the holy spirit including the sealing baptism and the filling of the holy spirit and what those mean because um, i know sometimes uh, if we're familiar with other ideologies that surround the christian faith 
the Holy Spirit, I think, gets misrepresented a lot more than God the Father and, and Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit is... We, 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 I'm sure we can all think of instances and examples of how the Holy Spirit is, is definitely misused or misrepresented in what it means, what, what it means from his deity standpoint and just, just the ministry of what the Holy Spirit represents. All right, so some quick questions for you to consider, and if you can tackle, you can tackle them if you'd like to answer them now. So how can three distinct persons be one God? So that's a challenging one to give an answer for children because we've got to be careful how we frame it because we don't want to use the wrong analogy because sometimes we're tempted to use analogy like has anyone heard the water analogy like well there's the ice the vapor but that's not the correct analogy <laughs> that's right it is modalism absolutely you're right because it because in the sense in, in, in the pure analogy is saying that water can only be one thing at one time but yet the trinity and the teaching that we see in scripture is does not it does not fulfill that analogy in its in its totality so it's a misrepresentation of what the trinity is next question for us is what is the difference between the baptism of the holy spirit and the filling of the holy spirit so what does that mean right i mean to be honest some of these questions i haven't really considered personally um thankfully i've been under good teaching where this hasn't really been uh an area of contention or an area of you know you know what I don't know, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Or what does it mean to be baptized by the Holy Spirit? And never really run into that in, in the circles I've ran. But it's good to have an understanding because we might come across a fellow believer that, that might be wrestling with that. So how can we help them? All right. So anyone want to grab those questions now? Or do we, or do we want to wait till later? <laughs> right. Right, so in the sense of our body is a temple, correct? And when we commit sins against our body, we are defiling the temple that the Holy Spirit presides in. Remember that? See that in Scripture? So we, so we also, uh, you know, to, to your point, the, the John MacArthur sermon on this is, is really helpful, just kind of flushing out a lot of these nuances. And he kind of sets the stage where he talks about the pagans at the time were, would get, you know, would would take on a lot of alcohol into their bodies to commune with the gods. This was what they believed to be a way for them to commune and socialize with the gods of that time, the Greeks. And there's actually supporting archaeological findings that show that they had pits where they would consume so much they would forcibly, you know, vomit just so they can continue to ingest more. And this was their idea of communing with the gods. So in that sense, what we see in Acts, when we see the Pentecost take place, and where we see the 
you know, the, the disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit and then speaking in different languages. You remember we see individuals say, whoa, you know, what's going on? They must have had the new wine. It's, I mean, it's early and they're already drunk. They're trying to get in communion with the, with the pagans because that was their lens that they viewed the world and the, or they viewed that in that context. But then Peter stands up and then he just blistered them with a sermon and three, I mean, to, to consider the power of a, of a sermon to where 3,000 people are converted because he said they were pricked in their hearts and then they saw 3,000 and it probably is it's probably best that we reference scripture uh, for this but I mean but but it's just an illustration we see that in in Acts chapter 2 verses 14 where where we see where Peter does a sermon but then we but then you have the ascension in chapter 1 but then chapter 2 starts off at the Pentecost and and, and that's where that that's where that story uh, excuse me that's where that, that that's where the context is for that for what we're talking about yeah, so you see over in verse 41, it says, So those who, those who accepted the message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. So that was, that was the first day of church, and the first sermon brings in 3,000 new believers. So, was, so yes, so that's, so yeah, absolutely, just so we kind of dovetailed into that. But anyway, all right, um, segueing out of that, any, uh, I just, I'm just out of curiosity, we've, I mean, we're in seven lessons into this, so how has this study been helpful to you? Has there any been any reflections, any moments where you're like, "Oh, all right, this is new, this is interesting"? Or has anyone kind of hit those points yet? Or so we we, we can always loop around to that because it's a lot. To, there's a lot to consider. completely agree with you and this has been helpful for me as you know just as being as you know staying up here teaching you know I've been able to spend a lot more time you know outside from my normal study in scripture but this has really pushed me deeper into scripture and really just going back and forth between scripture and how it supports each other I mean we kind of hit that pretty hard last week where it was just you know different portions of scripture speaking the same thing illustrating the same um, you know the same type of areas of study if you will so it's really interesting to see how how scripture just is constantly interpreting itself (laughs) go for it (laughs) just facilitate her
Right, right. I mean, so he was kind of a... Uh, well, right, right. Correct. You're right. I mean... Correct. I would say so. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it as like a like a, like a gas tank. Like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm working my way up to full, and then once I hit full, I'm like, I have. That's my crowning achievement of, with, of the Holy Spirit. But yet, I, I believe you're correct because it's it. Cause, I mean, just just looking at John, it says it's a counselor in the in the in into the effect of you know when we need that advice, we need that that counsel, that direction, that when we're pondering. How do I need to work through a situation? You know, how is that? And, you, and you, we were indwelled with the Holy Spirit. This is when, you know, God's word, we reflect on God's word and we can receive that direction. At, at times when, you know, like we, we say like, oh, I don't know what God's will is, but yet we're, we've got all the direction right here in God's word. But I believe there are times when the Holy Spirit can really bring to light. Because I mean, just, just in, in that context, like there are, t- there are times I've read sections of scripture and I see new things that I had not seen before or a new understanding from the same passage of scripture, I grasp hold of it more or there's deeper, tr- excuse me, there's deeper truths, truths in the embedded in scripture. I'm like, oh, that was there the whole time, but yet I had not. I, maybe when I read it when I was younger, I was, it was still new, you know, still new on the milk of scripture, if you will, but now I'm like eating more of the meats of scripture. So I'm getting deeper and I'm, there's a feeling, yeah, right, right, correct, yes, the bread of life, living water, right, right, so it's like a feast, like, so this is the buffet, if you will, we're just constantly discovering new foods, in a sense, of, of what God's word is contained, right, and that's why I, I try to temper those carefully, <laughs> um, but, yeah, just just kind of more of a, of a word illustration to yes, but yeah, no. I mean, these are very good questions. But I would say, like, but you're right. You never know, John. Like, for example, there could reach a point of where persecution hits and you are put on trial before a magistrate. And you know, we see that where where you know Paul was told, "Hey, stop preaching." He's like, "Uh, uh-uh. I'm not. I'm not going to stop preaching for anything. You are not going to tell me to stop preaching." And they're like, "Okay, well." 
See you later. Bye. But I mean, then, so in that sense, maybe when you open your mouth, it's it's all of a sudden those words will not be yours because we're because we're reminded that there are times when we'll be under persecution or you know don't worry about what must be said because at the time the words will be provided. I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing quickly, but right, right. So there's going to be a point to where we might face a difficult situation and we're going to open our mouth and maybe we're just like I'm not sure, and all of a sudden it's just the Holy Spirit's like we're going to become this instrument that is going to bring glory to God and that's ultimately our our end our chief end is to bring glory to God and we'll be utilized through that to bring more glory to God in the sense of I, I'm going to open my mouth and just proclaim truth so right correct right right Correct. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, being in a race, fighting the good fight. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. No, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, that's a, that a good transition. <laughs> All right, so anyway, uh, so we're definitely going to dig into the Holy Spirit as being the, you know, the third part of the Trinity, the third person. So we know he is a separate person from God and a separate person of God the Father and the Son, yet is still fully God. And well, uh, and I noticed your lesson there was also the attributes of the Holy Spirit. We're, de- we're definitely going to circle back to that. And yet, uh, we're also going to look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and especially in creation. We notice that the Spirit is mentioned in the creation story, and also in the inspiration of Scripture, in Scripture, and in the salvation process. And we, we kind of touched on that uh, last week as well. Finally, we're going to end with just our discussion and just kind of the differences between the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit. So I want to make sure we, uh, we give, uh, give, our, give ourselves enough time for that. All right, so anyway, looking at the Holy Spirit as a person. So we, we notice, uh, especially in 1 John 14, 6, we, we don't see... Uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, John 14, 16, excuse me. John 14, 16. I'll, I'll read it again quickly. It says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. You notice there's not a... A reference to it. it. It is given a identity as as someone a person, right? So I find that also very interesting that that that, that you see that where the personhood of the Holy Spirit is a given us a, in a descriptive form as a person. So so what so what significance is that to reference the Holy Spirit as a he or him, not as an it? What's the significance to that, or why is it significant? If you want to tackle the what or the why, I'm open for both. <laughs> well, well, the 
characteristics to what we're aware of in and of ourselves absolutely uh, any other inputs on that Just wanna... correct Absolutely, absolutely. Right, so and we notice where this is definitely captured. We see that in John uh, 14, 16, where, where that context of the Trinity is laid out pretty clearly. Uh, so so you notice that we no, normally not a lot of people struggle with the idea or just the concept that the Holy Spirit, is, you know, having the God properties or being God, right? But however, we kind of struggle sometimes when we, we start getting into the Trinity portion of the discussion where we kind of run up against some of those differences in beliefs and ideologies and where does the Holy Spirit in fit into the Trinity we really kind of start running into, into different um, different ways individuals look at that so definitely concerning the attributes of the Holy Spirit's deity so we'll, we'll look at that um, so I know my, my, my page number is going to be a little different but in, in section 2 I believe there's a box on your and they're correct, and it uh, talks about the Holy Spirit attributes of deity. Um, David, you, you got it. Would you mind reading those attributes to us quickly? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Correct. And who also has those same character traits? Right? Right? Absolutely. And we could also say Jesus too as well, right? Absolutely. So they all, so they share the same character traits uh, in, in that context. All right. And then and I'm sure if we were to take the attributes of God and the and then, you know, from lesson three and lesson four, and we were run through there, through those and then match and then run them up against what the Holy Spirit what scripture says about the Holy Spirit the person of the Holy Spirit we would probably see a lot of the same attributes not all but we would see similar characteristics across all all you know individuals within the Trinity so it, so it shows that there's a unity in that area yet there's still separate portions within the Trinity that the attributes of God or what God's representation in the Trinity is because we know like God is at the top and then we have Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit you know so anyway uh, so that's a good discussion we can definitely get into that more um, I, uh, I've seen illustrations of like a, a triangle and you know and then says like is is not absolutely yeah yeah so it's really good uh, I didn't get a chance to get my hands on it but anyway uh, it's always there for you to dig into it later so, uh, so what are some of the different functions within the Trinity? So we know God the Father, 
we know that this is from whom all revelation proceeds. It's the one who foreknew our salvation and demonstrated his love for us by giving us his son. But then we also know there's God the son. He's the incarnated God who gave himself as a sacrifice for sin. And then he also intercedes and, mana, and excuse me, um, mediates between the father and, and us. So Jesus Christ is that mediator for us. And then we have the Holy Spirit who indwells the believer and works to sanctify us. You know, kind of hence that, that counselor area. And then he also brings the illumination of God's word to us. So he brings and highlights those areas where, where you know, we might be struggling with anxiety. Like for example, Aubrey was struggling with anxiety because she had a spelling bee. And she, she's doing well. So we just, we, you know, I went to the references uh, that, that covered anxiety and we were just kind of looking over those and just kind of reminding her and encouraging her like look you don't need to be anxious concerning these things like all this is in God's hands like just all I want to do wanted to do is really just encourage her to, to just go and do well in the spelling bee even though she has this terrifying fear of being in front of people but I'm like well there's probably not going to be very many people there because well it's COVID and half the school's gone anyway so you're not going to have to perform you just go up there spell some words and then you're done but um, unfortunately she she had a bad I guess you're, when you're spelling words and you accidentally misspelled the word, like if you accidentally say an O or an A, you can't self-correct. It's just you said it wrong and boop, and out you go. So unfortunately, that's what it that's what happened. So, but but I was I was still wanted her to, but she said like I I still she's like I still did my best. I'm like all right, that's, that's all I want. That's all I want. Uh, yeah, I think so. Of just doing any kind of spelling bee. So I mean, she was. Yeah, so, well, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, I don't know if the ninth graders will uh, get a shot, but, or I don't know if they do that at the ninth grade, but she was in eighth grade, so I was like, all right, good deal. That's better than, better than me. I was in remedial classes still learning to spell in the fourth grade, so, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was a late bloomer. <laughs> I was, I don't know, words don't make sense to me sometimes. All right, anyway, so looking at the work of the Holy Spirit, this was uh, section three in your lesson. Uh, so, so we, we see how um, when we talk about the dual, uh, how we looked at the, the work of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We kind of kind of touched on that briefly, but we know that um, there's a couple other supplemental lessons. But I'll, I'll loop back to those if I want to make sure we hit the context, the meaty portions, and then we can then we can dig into the Trinity because uh, I want to make sure we allow ourselves enough time for that. Anyway, so um, so we're going to look closer at what, what how the Holy Spirit worked in creation. And in the giving of scripture and in the witness to the person and work of Christ. Now, one, one thing I found interesting, and John, John MacArthur brought it up when he was talking about his sermon, how when Jesus was baptized, the influence the Holy Spirit had on Jesus and, how, and the words used describing how Jesus was pushed or driven into the desert. And it was by the Holy Spirit. And I was like, oh, but I never really considered that. Like Jesus was driven into the wilderness or into that area where for, for him to face temptation, it was by the Holy Spirit. So, so he kind of talks about that too, how we are carried along. We kind of talked about that when we, at the very beginning, we talked about revelation and special revelation. There was natural revelation and special revelation and special revelation of scripture and how the Holy Spirit would carry along the writers of God's word, yet it was still uh, identified to, like for example, like, you know, we're starting to dig into Luke. So we're going to see Luke's personality in that scripture yet it's the Holy Spirit ensuring that the the full totality of what needs to be put on put down for our edification later as, as believers we get to read it and and uh, glean from it but it's 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 you know there's a continuity there 
that I, you know, if, you know, say for example, I tried to write a book and I started at 20 and then picked it up at 40, there's going to be some continuity gaps in there. Because, I mean, I mean, if I didn't go back and look at what I wrote in t at 20 and I tried to pick up at 40 where I think I left off and then tried to make sure if I was going to bring a character forward, there's probably going to be some continuity gaps, right? We see it all the time where there, like people on YouTube make videos to point out plot holes in movies. <laughs> so it shows you there's continuity errors already. And like these are you know, multi-million dollar companies that pay numerous people to sit down and make sure everything's good. But yet people are like, oh, yep, nope, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. It's like, what? Like you got someone who's just, just an amateur just points, points out, I don't know. So I figured out like, why don't they just hire those people, bring them in and be like, all right, watch the film. What, what do we miss? <laughs> and then, but you know, I know, I know there's a whole other set of problems that that could bring in. But I mean, just just kind of thinking it through. But anyway, let's move on. So the work of the Holy Spirit is the inspiration uh, in the inspiration of Scripture. Uh, we did cover that in, in lesson one, where we, where we set the stage of Scripture, and then we also see the Holy Spirit's role in salvation, and and then it carries into this section here. Um, so, th so let's so let's kind of dig into this a little bit more. So we know the Holy Spirit was active in creation, and we see that at the very beginning in Genesis one one, and then also in chapter two. Does anyone? I mean, I, I think we all know cha uh, Genesis one one, right? But then chapter two, two uh, excuse me, verse two says, "Now the earth was formless and empty; darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters." Interesting. So there we see, we see the Spirit of God hovering over the surface of the waters. Go ahead, John. All yours. <laughs> mm. Right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're absolutely because I think there's like five categories in science: like time, um, created space, energy, light. Yeah. Yeah. Created that. Yeah. So in the beginning, there's time. <laughs> yeah. Right there. Genesis one one. Boom. Here you go. <laughs> Form formless and void. But we. Right. 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 Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Microwaves, radio waves. Oh, yeah. X rays. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think I've seen something similar to it. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, uh, if you get an opportunity to look at it, it'll actually suspend water in air. With this, the frequency will just suspend. Like I was just like, goodness, yes, crazy to us, but right, right. 
true. I, I, I sometimes like to keep humor in my life, and I wonder if God sometimes sits up there and he has a little scavenger hunt sheet and just waiting for us to like, oh, all right, they found it. All right, they, they found the new, <laughs> this new thing of, yeah, this new telescope. Oh, oh now they can see what, what, a, what an atom looks like. Oh, you know, because, you know, we're, there's, you know, like we, we talk about like certain phenomenon. They're like, you know, like even in weather, there is weather phenomenon that science, scientists or weather, weatherologists, meteorologists, they just like, we, we can't explain some of the things that take place in weather. I know there's interactions within clouds. I mean, I'm, my mind's a little foggy. I took the class like six, six years ago, but there was like certain, like I read, read through it. I think like hurricanes and, and, and some of the workings of hurricanes and tornadoes, they just don't understand how it works. They just don't get know it. And it's just like, wow. So there's going to be hopefully a point in time where like we do find or we develop an instrument that can, because remember Doppler radar, that's new. And now we can penetrate into a storm. We can see how the storm walls are built. I mean, so that's kind of a new technology that allows us to accurately predict and track where weather is going now. So it's just, and then we have now have satellites. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's just, I think it's just truly fascinating. There's so much of God's creation that we're still discovering. And that's why I kind of joke, like, is it, if, you know, if they're up there like, hey, all right, <laughs> they, they found this one. I mean, because they, they even talk about, you know, the depths of the ocean, like the Marianas Trench, like there's life down there. And they're like, who knew? There's life down here. And, you know, we've just now been able to develop submarines that can go even down that far. I mean, the depth, because they say it's so, like the weight of water at that is the pressure is so intense, like to have to send a unmanned vehicle down there because it because they can't build it big enough to support a life system, to support a human to physically do it. So they have to send robotics down. It's just truly incredible. But anyway, oh, man, here, here we are. We're just fascinated by the wonders of God. And <laughs> it's... All right, very well. <laughs> it's good, it's good, it's good. We need this. <laughs> All right, where are we at? Oh, yeah. All right, so talking about the Holy Spirit and then talking about the active... Uh, I, excuse me, the Holy Spirit's active role in the virgin birth. We also see that laid out for us in Luke 135. So let's look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in salvation. We did kind of touch on this last week. So we know that the involvement of the Holy Spirit in salvation starts with the conviction of sin, right? That's the pricking of the heart, the understanding of, yes, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved from the wretched state that I'm in. And then there's the acknowledgement of Christ as Lord. So this, this revelation is made made alive to us through the role through the active role of the holy spirit now and then we also see the regeneration and then we see the indwells the believer and we see this in romans 8 and 9 and also in first corinthians 3 16 and 6 19 those are your references there and then also the baptism of the holy spirit where we see in first corinthians 12 13 we'll kind of come back to that later and then we also see this sealing of the holy spirit there's also that so we have the indwells baptism and sealing and then we also have the sanctification that's in first peter one, two. A lot of scripture there. But it's all there for, for your encouragement. Uh, John 16, verses 7 and 8 uh, says this. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. Because if I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. So there we go. We see the Holy Spirit's directives in a sense. So Jesus said, I got to leave. And then the council will come. And this is the role he will play. And you notice how it's not, he doesn't say it. He says he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. 
So there you go. That's the kind of definitely, there's other references that support the Holy Spirit as a person. All right, so let's talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, so there's a lot of confusion kind of surrounding this, and, and I understand it too, and I'm, I actually I don't quite understand it fully, but we'll, we'll do our best. And then the filling of the Holy Spirit. So, so many times they're, they're, um, the two are confused as sometimes being the same. They start to say, like, oh, are you baptized? And then you're filled. So, so we want to make sure that we're just, we, we create a distinguish, we distinguish the two and, and make sure we not, we don't intermix the two when it comes to filling and then being baptized. So the filling of the Holy Spirit is covered, uh, is going to, is, we're, we're going to cover this in, in Ephesians 4, uh, chapter 4. Let me grab that real quick. So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4, uh, excuse me, chapter 4, verses 4 and 6. And I'll read that for you. So there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, just as you were called one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all things and through all and in all. So this is the, this happens at the time of conversion, as David mentioned earlier, when, when, we, when we confess our sins, we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, and we trust in his finished work on the cross. At that time of conversion, bang, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So, that, so this places us in the body of Christ. We are, we are now, that's where that adoption language comes from. We are now transitioned. We are now children of light. We're now in a new family. And then what this, is, what this involves is the receiving of the Holy Spirit as a seal and a promise, and, when that, and that's illustrated for us in Ephesians 1, uh, 13 and 14. So we're kind of covering some familiar territory here. So chapter 1, 13 and 14 says this. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in him, when you believed, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He is the down payment on your of your inheritance for the redemption of the possession to the praise of of his glory so there you go a down payment a counselor someone who an end someone who comes with comes to us and is at the time of salvation seals us and that's our promise that god has that jesus said like i've got to leave the world so he can come and 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 indwell in you and be the counselor on your behalf so then the baptism literally means to dip or be submersed in, right? Like we see that when we are baptized in water. So in this case, it means to be immersed in Jesus Christ. Like when, when we're adopted into the family, we are then one with Christ, which literally means we are united with Christ. So as a result, uh, Christians fall under the leadership of Jesus Christ, and we are put in a place of privilege and blessing from God. I mean, what, what, in a, what, a, what a powerful promise that we are given concerning this. So then... Uh, we want to make sure that we understand uh, there's never, we have never been commanded in Scripture to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And we do not see a command to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. And then we never see a command to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. So it's not direct commandments in the Bible saying, you are commanded to be indwelt, you are commanded to be sealed, you are commanded to be baptized. We don't see that in Scripture. So there's nothing that supports those types of those types of uh, teachings surrounding the Holy Spirit. So we want to make sure we're, we're keeping our I's dotted and our T's crossed, especially when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit. 
All right, so baptism in the Spirit is something God does, not man, right? Because there's really no way for us to find the Holy Spirit and be baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, this is just, you can really get really wild on that. So however, we are commanded by God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that was in Ephesians 5.18. And I think that was what I had bookmarked. Yep, Ephesians 5.18, and I'll, and I'll run us through 21. Ephesians 5. 18 through 21, and don't get drunk with wine. So this is kind of referencing back to Acts, uh, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual, and, and spiritual songs, singing and making music to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always for everything to, excuse me, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So that's our encouragement, is to be speaking to one another in psalms. So, so where does that come from? If, how do we speak to one another in psalms? Should we carry the Bible around, or is that, or is that going to be an outpouring? Right? If we're going to speak, so if I'm going to speak to David in psalms, like, hey, the Lord is my shepherd, David. Keep, you know, you know, keep pressing on, you know, though you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you're not going to fear any evil, because the rod and thy staff, they comfort you. So these are things that are... I, one is a great program, by the way. That's, we, uh, we were challenged to memorize Psalms 23. So sometimes Psalms 23 will come back to me at times, and it's, it's an encouragement. It's, it's, so it's good. So it's good to also speak to one another in these, in these references, in these terms, so to encourage each other. All right, any questions on that? All right, captive audience tonight. All right, so the ceiling of the Holy Spirit. So we may not have been introduced uh, to the sealing of the Holy Spirit and what it exactly is, but we also want to make sure we understand that it is the same as the giving of the Holy Spirit at the time of salvation. So it's kind of like that down payment, as it said in Scripture, as an inheritance. Like that's a down payment, it's a promise. Like look, God's saying, yes, you're now part of the family. Here's a little something in, in the sense of to encourage you, to let you know you are not alone as you get ready, as you identify as a, as a follower of Christ, you're gonna, we're promised persecution, we're prom, promised hard, hard times, but yet we have the Holy Spirit there to encourage us, to counsel us, to carry us along. So the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life is evidence that we belong to God. So we want to make sure that we, uh, we, we're understanding those definitions, those terms correctly when we're working through what it means to be sealed, what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and what that looks like. Any questions? And then what else, what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and that's what we're going to get into next, because that's part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So the, so the filling of the Holy Spirit, so we've talked about already, and we're seeing what the Holy Spirit does. So let's talk about what it is not. So what it is not. So, so it is not being baptized by the Holy Spirit, uh, excuse me, and it is not being indwelt by or receiving the Holy Spirit. And it is not being sealed or secured by the Holy Spirit. So that's what it means by the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's not those things that we've already discussed. It's actually separate. It's its own uh, work in, in that aspect. So just being filled by the Holy Spirit is not an emotional spirit experience. You know, sometimes some believers believe that they have to go through an emotional experience to as a sort of a stamp on okay yes this actually happened because i had this emotional experience take place so that means there's there's vindication there so sometimes they look for those kind of things to to validate in the sense like okay yes i know for sure but yet scripture just says at conversion boom get the holy spirit 
So we, we, we don't, we don't want to sensationalize it. So it, it is a giving over to the Spirit's control, right? And, we, and we, we're studying Scripture, and yet sometimes, has anyone had a point where they've reached a point and all of a sudden just Scripture will hit your mind and you're like, oh, yes, all right, uh, it's good encouragement. Where, does that, where do you think that might come from? Right? Oh, surprise. It, the Holy Spirit, that's what he's there to do. He's there to encourage you and and he'll just he'll provide that, that substance what you need, but yet we have got to be in God's word. So when the Spirit is encouraging us through God's word, it's there for us to tap into. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, right. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's that's a, that's a chief point. Uh, just uh, just kind of want to place a, an encouraging stretch of scripture for you. Titus three five and six says this: So he saved us not by works of righteousness that he had done, but according to his mercy through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This Spirit he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So there's another encouragement there where we see where the Holy Spirit, God's work, and then what and the finished work of Jesus Christ did, and he is noted as our Savior. Alright, so let's look at two sections of scripture quickly and I just kind of we, we I want to compare the two uh, and, and just kind of look at them. So let's compare Ephesians 5, 18 through 22. I, I just read that for you briefly. Uh, Ephesians 5, 18 through 21 that talks about, you know, we, you know we're, we're commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to recklessness, actually, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then let's look at Colossians 3. I have that marked here. Colossians 3, 16 and 18. And I'll, I'll read that for you now. We're, we're just going to compare the two and we're going to know are these two passages similar? So let's ask ourselves that question. So we already covered Ephesians 5, 18 through 21. Now I'm going to look at Colossians 3, 16 through 18. And I'll go ahead and read that for you. 
All right, Colossians 16 and 18. All right, let, all right, let, me, all right, let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then, okay. So, are there any similarities between these two? Do you see, you see similarities between Ephesians and what is said to the Ephesians church and what we see to the church in Colossae? What are, are there similarities between the two? Do you, do you pick up any similarities? Right. Yes, yes. Build each other up. So it's a Christian life to encourage one another, and then and then it goes to Christ in the home, and then also you see husbands and wives in Ephesians. It's just bang, they connect beautifully with one another, and it's the same reminder of of what we're called to do. We want to let the word of Christ richly dwell within us. And that's what this and that's mainly what we are called to do. And that's that and and just like you said, Aaron, that's the singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, gratitude in our hearts, gratitude because we've been saved by mercy. We were we've been saved by grace and it was through the mercy of God towards us that we were saved because yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that's that mercy towards us. We were we were dead in our trespasses and all and what we deserved was judgment but yet through god's mercy that punishment was not carried out on us it was carried out on jesus christ who stood who went to the cross on our behalf and died in our place and then rose triumphantly on the third day so that's that gratitude that we have all right so to be filled with the spirit is to live in the consciousness of the personal presence of the lord jesus christ and if we were standing next to him and to let his mind dominate our life it is to fill ourselves with god's word so that his thoughts will be our thoughts his standards our standards and his work our work and his will our will christ's consciousness leads to christ's likeness in quote john MacArthur. so that is so that's the applicational takeaway i believe is that's what it means to be filled we want to to have so much scripture in us I believe one of the reformers or one of the teachers said, you know, like, if, I, if, I, if, I were, if you were to prick me, I would just bleed God's word in a sense. Because when we are pressed hard in the, in the presses of life, you know, what comes out of us? What is the overflow out of our hearts? Is it frustration, anger, like, oh, how could I be in this situation? Like, really, God? Like, don't you love me? Or is it, you know, I'm going to rely on you for strength. I am, you know, I have your word hidden in my heart so that I may not sin against you. And I'm just going to be thankful for the... For what's around me, I'm going to be thankful for the family that's supporting me. Like, there's so many different ways that life's going to press us, and through trials and tribulations. So, so remember the the questions that we tackled at the beginning, right? So, you want to look at those again. So, how can there be three distinct persons but one God? How can there be three distinct persons? So, how can three distinct persons be one God? There you go. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You're right. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah, so we see that they all are God, but yet they, they fulfill different portions of the ministry of the Godhead. We have Jesus Christ, then we have the Holy Spirit. Right, right. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So I want to leave you with some scripture to gnaw on here, uh, especially in Genesis at the beginning of the creation where we see the Trinity also spoken of. We, we know that some key passages, you know, we know that the word Trinity is not found in the Bible, but we just pulling together the language of scripture paints a clear picture uh, of, you know, what we know about God, but it's clearly taught in scripture. There's, there's one living God, one true God eternal existing in three persons the father the son and the holy spirit so they are co-equal co-eternal and con consubstantial consubstantial thank you of the same so that, that means of the same essence and therefore each deserves the same worship and obedience and we also kind of see this in genesis uh, genesis chapter 126 then God said, let us make man in our own image. You know, to Aaron's earlier point, like, you know, we're created in the image of God. We're image bearers of God. But yet here we see God saying, let us. <laughs> he's talking about, he's talking to the personhood of the Trinity. And then we also see in, in 322, uh, he says it again. Uh, you know, he's talking about, about this, you know, then God said, since man has become one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out and also take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So he's talking to the, to the, to the, to the Trinity again. He's, he's become like us, and it's a capital us. So, so there's, a, you know, just like we're talking now, like, well, hey, we are, we are, you know, we are in a Bible study, right? We are in a Bible study, so there's a plural, so let us. So you see that there. And then we also see, you know, Father, the Father is God. That's in John six twenty seven. We see Christ is God, and we see the Holy Spirit is God, and we and you see that play out clearly in Acts five, uh, five three through four. And I'll I'll leave that. That will be our last section, scripture we'll look at for tonight, and then I'll open the floor to y'all. So Acts five three through four says this, and there it is. Then Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and and keep back part of the proceeds from the field? Wasn't it yours while you possessed it? And after it was sold, wasn't it at your disposal? Why is it that you have planned these things in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. You've, and you're right. And then he fell dead. And he's like, and then she fell dead. And then, and then Ananias fell dead. Uh, yes. So there you see, you see that the Holy Spirit is God because... Because Peter said to him, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. And then he also can, carried that same uh, logical thought and said, but you have lied. But, yeah, but you have not lied to men, but to God. And that's still going back to the Holy Spirit uh, there. So there are three distinct forms there, but they're distinct from each other. All right. And then, and then, of course, you know, there's the baptism of Christ where you see this is my son who whom I favor listen to him and then you see the ascension of the dove and you see father holy spirit christ jesus christ all right <clears throat> that's a lot to roll with but
there you have it. A lot more scripture. Um, but that's my encouragement to you. Dig, dig, dig. If uh, there's more, I've got plenty of scripture for you to for you to take note of. But I really enjoyed working through this. I was confused in some areas. Probably still am, but I'm. I'm here for for your encouragement as well as I'm here to encourage you. All right, any any closing thoughts before we before we wrap this up and call it a a good a good good night on a Wednesday and we'll press out through the week. Any final thoughts? say we'll uh, put a pin in that come back to it later all right i'll close this in scripture or excuse me i'll close this in prayer and we'll we'll uh we'll wrap this up gracious father thank you for this evening thank you for the study of the work of the holy spirit and the ministry of the holy spirit uh thank you for what your word says about who the holy spirit is thank you that we are in that we receive the holy spirit uh at conversion that we are baptized in the holy spirit and thankful that we are filled with the holy spirit as we continue to work through scriptures we work through the lives of sanctification thank you for the regeneration of our hearts we're just thankful for these truths lord i pray that we'll continue to live in these truths each day and study your word diligently as you've called us to we're just thankful father for this study I just pray that it's a continual edification for the believers here, and we're just thankful for those who are here tonight. And once again, we pray for those who are not able to make it make it here this, this evening with us. Thank you for going before us, and we just look forward to coming back together on Sunday and worshiping you uh, through psalms, spiritual songs, and just encouraging one another in love and good works. In your name we pray.